0: I said, are you ready for the Survivor Series? One, Who will survive? Two,
1: three. Means nothing. nothing. means nothing. What do you mean by that? I'm talking about all the way to the top, yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream give you a show like you have never, ever seen before. Why? Because I can.
0: Hello guys, welcome to episode 26 of the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Fountas. Uh, normal co-host Eric isn't here today. We have a special guest host we will get to in one second. As a reminder, as always, you could follow us on Twitter at PPW Podcast. If you want to send us a note, it's Podcast at gmail.com. And if you want to support the show, head over to WhatAManeuver.net and pick up a t-shirt. If you pick up a t-shirt, you're welcome to come on the show and pick the topic. Uh, so today's Tuesday, the Tuesday before SummerSlam this year, so I thought this week we would do just a, a SummerSlam recap, some of our favorite matches and maybe common themes or, or shows overall, uh, just have a conversation about uh, SummerSlam as it's one of the biggest pay-per-views of the year. It's pretty much become the second biggest pay-per-view of the year for WWE, and I think, as we'll talk throughout the show today, top-to-bottom match cards tend to be better, it seems like. Uh, We'll go ahead and kick it over to our guest host today. Nobody better to come on and join us is the person who's seen and reviewed every SummerSlam, in some cases two or three times per show, uh, our old friend KB from kbwrestlingreviews.com. How are you doing, KB? I'm doing all right. How are you? Doing good. So we could just go ahead and get started in this. Before we get started, uh, again, I mentioned it, head over to kbwrestlingreviews.com. He's also got the Amazon store. Just search KB Wrestling. It'll come up. And also on Twitter, at KB Reviews for all the live updates, and also he writes for WrestlingRumors.net, so be sure to check all those the three things sure. or four things out. So SummerSlam's coming up this yeah. week. So before we get into the history of it, of SummerSlam, and some of the history matches, we might as well talk about the card coming up this week, and I'm assuming you watched Raw last right. night because you kind of do the live breakdown of it. Oh, yes. What did you think of Raw last yep. night? Because I thought it was one of the better Raws in a long time from top to bottom.
1: Uh, I did like it a lot. Uh, they, they, they definitely changed things up. You could tell for one thing they 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 were giving a lot of a lot more time to a lot of segments, which probably was because they didn 't have the four people in the main event uh wrestling um i mean you had the uh the Ambrose and Rollins segment got uh like eighteen minutes to start the show, which yeah. is a little bit longer than most than most things will have um you had the and banks and Jax got sixteen minutes not counting intros um you, just, you could tell they were definitely spacing things out a lot more. I did like it uh, more because they were focusing on stuff that wasn't just the main event scene, which mm-hmm. you can focus, you can over focus on stuff. Sure, and I think and WWE does that a lot.
0: And I think what I liked too was, you know, the Nia jax Sasha batch was pretty good. I, I for the most part just assumed Sasha was going to win, and I ended up being right. But there was a few times I'm like, oh, well, maybe they'll give it to Nia and do something different for SummerSlam. Uh, but also, right. the crowd, I think, helped a ton because they were pretty much hot all night. And they that, that opening, that when when Ambrose and Rollins finally did the the fist together, it was one of the biggest crowd reactions I've heard in a long time. So that was pretty awesome to see. At yeah. the same time, though, I'm like, this is kind of lame because it's not all three of them. But I was still happy with that. That's, cause that's just a little bit of nitpicking. Yeah.
1: Well, the thing with that was they built that up for weeks to the point where the fans were ready for it. Mm-hmm. They didn't just do it three weeks ago, where all of a sudden Ambrose and Rollins are all good. That wouldn't fit with what Ambrose with what Ambrose does. Ambrose isn't going to be the kind of guy who's just going to forgive and forget everything. Mm-hmm. So they needed to they needed to build them back up, and having them fight right before then made it even better.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And they're kind of going for the common good. I don't know if I want them to win the tag titles this week, uh, but either way, I'm looking forward to it. The card from top to bottom, you know, we've got. Obviously I think the four way is gonna be the main event of the show. And it seems right. like Blesner's probably going to have to win based on the stipulation that Heyman put out there, but you never know what they could always you know fig figure out a way to change that. Uh I've I'm excited about that match. Uh the Nakamura on the SmackDown side, the Nakamura versus Junior Mahal match. I don't really know what to think. I guess this is kind of Nakamura's first mm-hmm. chance in a while. To be in a main event scene since being called up to the main roster, and let's let's kind of see what he does with someone that's somewhat limited with Mahal.
1: Yeah, um, the thing is, Mahal—it's not working. Mm-hmm. He's doing everything right, and he has done better than I expected, but it's not working. Yeah, there, there's no. It was a it's it's a failed experiment, but they tried, and Mahal did better than I expected. But at this point, it's just time to move on. Yeah, he's had the title for th- for three months now. That Punjabi prison match was a disaster, <laughs>
0: mostly because it was there, like 30 there no minutes way long, it. And it should have been about ten. It was thirty minutes long. The other thing, yeah, is, there were
1: stretches in that match. With-
0: is I don't know. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I don't want to get stuck on how bad right. the Punjabi prison match was. The uh, thank you. The thing You're is, right. with uh, I'm a little bit nervous that they're going to have Nakamura win and have Baron just do a cash in because that seems like the easy thing to do to get yeah. more heat on Baron. Uh, we'll see, though. Yeah. But at the same point, I don't know if they'll do that because I don't see that ending the show. And normally they want a cash in to end the show, and I don't see that being the main event. So either That's way, impossible. I'm a little bit nervous about that, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. the uh, And then the yeah. women's title match with Sasha and Alexa Bliss... I think could be pretty good. I think this one's all going to depend on if the crowd's into it or not, because if the crowd's dead for it, mm-hmm. it, it could, could be trouble for them. Uh, what do you think about that one? The women's title match this week?
1: Um, I think it's uh bliss is at the point where she has been perfect for the character. Um, she has completely exceeded my expectations, but I think it's time to take the title off of her. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem with the, the problem with the women's division on both shows is, is there's just not enough depth there mm-hmm. to really keep to keep the title on one person for very long I mean you have I mean unless you count like Mickey James and Emma and really who does <laughs> uh, you have like three or four women on raw and Bailey's hurt yeah you can't keep the title on one of them for very long because very quickly you run out of opponents mm-hmm. so you have to switch that up a little bit and bliss has had the title since uh, May or June it's you can only keep it on her for so long, and Banks is still the most popular woman on that show. Sure,
0: yeah, she is, and I think that's just so. because her her mic skills are pretty much above the rest of the division as far as 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 a talker. Yeah, you know, in ring it's it's another thing, but as far as her character and the way she, and her mic skills, she's better than everybody else in, in the women's division. It's just what it is right she now. She is. Um, and then we've got the tag the tunnel match, which we touched on a little bit. I think. Regardless of the outcome, I think it'll be one of the matches that somewhat steals the show as far as in-ring in ring match. Yeah. Um, then they've got the match that I had no interest in at all, but now I'm kind of in, is the Bray Wyatt-Finn uh, Balor where he's the demon match, which everyone kind of saw coming. Although they did swerve me a little bit when they announced the SummerSlam matches early this week with Balor and Wyatt. I'm like, oh, I guess they're not going to be in the pay-per-view. Um, so I'm a little bit interested in that
1: now. I just don't know who you have when. Well, I can't imagine they bring the demon back and have him lose. But at the same time, I don't get why they had Balor lose clean, and then they're just gonna do. I don't see why they didn't just have last night go to a DQ or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I- I'll I'll stay off the whole fifty fifty booking nonsense. Yeah. But uh, I don't see how this really helps Bray, who there's no reason for him to for him to beat. The Demon Balor on Sunday when Balor hasn't done that since last SummerSlam, right? Uh, you don't you, you don't bring that back from a one year absence to have him lose, um, but Balor, depending on where the world title scene goes, I don't see why Balor isn't in the world title scene immediately. Yeah, uh, he he's got the look. He is incredibly over. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't have him right in there and. A, a big win like that, especially if, if Brock isn't champion anymore and the title's around full time, um, I don't see why you wouldn't put the title on, put Balor in the title scene immediately. And yeah. so a win over Bray yeah. would be a good starting point for that.
0: Yeah, and we'll see, we'll see where they go with it. And it seems like that they're trying to build him up to that. And maybe the story they're telling is, you know, when he's Bray, he's susceptible. But when he's the demon character, he's unstoppable, which could be better down the line. You know, if, right. if he's losing, 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 right. oh, I've got to, for my pay-per-view, I'm going to be the demon. So those are kind of some of the bigger matches right. in the show this year. There's a few more, but those are the main ones I wanted to talk about. Now, with SummerSlam as a whole, what's kind of funny is when I was a kid, I hated SummerSlam because that meant it was the end of summer and I had to go back to school. But now as an adult, it's mm. one of my favorite pay-per-views of the year. For the big five, or I guess the big four, because King of the Ring went away, where do you rank SummerSlam as far as your your favorite shows of the year throughout throughout? This is as a whole, though. You know, all the WrestleManias, all the Survivor right. Series, all the Rumbles, all that. Where do you rank? Because for me, it's probably number two behind the Rumble.
1: Um, If we're talking just the big four, I'd probably put it last, actually. Really? Okay, okay. Uh, that's not to say it's bad. Yeah, that's not to say it's bad, mm-hmm. but I've always been a big Survivor Series fan mm-hmm. with the old teams and all the names and such. And then the Rumble, I've grown to appreciate a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I've been to three WrestleManias, so yeah. that just feels... WrestleMania is just... Is so big and all-encompassing. It's just on a different planet than everything else.
0: Yeah, WrestleMania for me has um, turned into a little no. bit like, the, I mean, it's basically what they wanted, where it's the Super Bowl. I'll have all of my friends over and people that don't watch wrestling all year but come over. So when I'm not at WrestleMania, yeah. which I've gone, it turns into a big party, so I'm kind of half-watching it type of thing. So that's kind of, for me, why yeah. it's dropped just a little bit of a peg. And I get, I get that. it, and that's I, and I get why I get they do that. it now too. Like some of the hardcore fans complain, you know, oh, all year we watch our guys all year. Well, they should be in the main event. Well, because once a year, you're not the people watching. They want the big stars. Right. They want the part timers. They remember. So that's what they're kind of feeding to.
1: Right. Right. That show isn't designed for people like, uh, uh, for people like for people like us who watch year round. Exactly. That's it. Hasn't been for a long time.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm and once I accepted that, I enjoy the shows a lot lot more. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, SummerSlam is more for people like us. And that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, SummerSlam usually has a better like you said, SummerSlam is usually better uh, top to bottom because it's much more just like a, it's more like a traditional show, but just really cranked up because you don't have a gimmick for SummerSlam. WrestleMania. WrestleMania, the gimmick is WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, the Rumble has the the Rumble itself. Survivor Series is often team-based. SummerSlam is just a big, regular pay-per-view that's just much bigger
0: Mm -hmm. than
1: any other show of the year in that sense.
0: Yeah, I've been going back and Uh, watching a bunch of them lately. And one thing, a common theme I've noticed is, at least in the the 2000s it seems like this, you know, WrestleMania is the culmination of the year. And SummerSlam is mm -hmm. the winners of WrestleMania's first big shot to do something. Uh, like, for example, mm-hmm. you know, we've yeah. got the 2003 SummerSlam where they had the rematch of Brock and Kurt Angle yeah. from WrestleMania 19. You know, it, it was Great. a big match for that, which one which is one of the matches I want to talk about. It's kind of an underrated, I think, forgotten match because of how good the WrestleMania 19 match was. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it, it seems like that. And even this year, too, you know, you've got Roman Reigns is having another shot to be in the main event again. And Brock won at WrestleMania, so he's back at SummerSlam. It just seems like that's one of the themes is, WrestleMania happened, and now here's their big shot for everybody to see them.
1: Yeah, because really the, the summer pay per views very, very rarely mean anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I mean, I can barely remember the name. They really run together with like payback and battleground and all these just generic shows. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, also, in your bit of trivia for this year, okay. assuming the four way goes on last, that is the first time Reigns will ever make him at SummerSlam. Okay.
0: It's also, yeah, the fir- the, F- Lesnar's the first person ever to main event four SummerSlams in a row. I think just four yeah. SummerSlams, period. Uh, so Roman, who's, yeah, who is, yeah so he's not Mr. SummerSlam. He's Mr., he's turned into Mr. WrestleMania, not
1: Mr. SummerSlam. Yeah. Yeah. He's, somehow he's just never gotten there, which is, yeah. Lesnar always has seemed like a bigger deal at SummerSlam.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, because for the, his contract, for the most part, you know, he it's been a little bit better. But for the most part, for his his comeback here since 2012, he's just, he was just doing the big shows. So this was kind of the first time to yeah. see him wrestle since WrestleMania. You know, he's done a little one-offs here and there yeah. on, on house shows or, or random pay-per-views. But this is his first time to, to come back. And one thing I'll say about Lesnar is regardless of what you think about him as a part time or whatever, when he is there to perform he doesn't hold back you know he goes all in he he, he no. gives everyone their money's worth so i appreciate that as a fan yeah um yeah,
1: and he, he every time he comes down the ramp that man looks scary yeah he he's is just a terror
0: yeah fine him, human being and what's interesting about this four-way is you've got i guess with the exception of reigns a little bit but with joe and with Strowman and lesnar it's three guys for sure that are like the crowd's like okay I know all those other guys are phony wrestlers, but these guys could whoop our ass, type of thing. You know, yeah. Reigns has got that a yeah. little bit during the match. I think people saw it on his character so much. But they did such a good job yeah. with Joe and his Lesnar feud that I think he kind of weaseled his way into this four way because of how I realized, oh, we've got a money wrestler on our hands here. We should really push him.
1: Yeah, ale- allegedly Heyman and Lesnar were really impressed with Joe and pushed to keep him in the in the main event scene.
0: Well maybe uh after Just himself- how he got his experience at his TNA lockdown shoot style match with Kurt Angle a few years ago really helped him. I, yeah. re- I rewatched that. and I forgot how ridiculous that idea was. Angle even came out and fight shorts yeah. and bare feet.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Let's get on to positive stuff. Enough like nitpicking and joking and things like that. So I've got my list of some of my top summer slams. I'll read it first. And then you kind of go off of yours. we have similar ones, we have different ones. Here we go. So basically okay. from 89, 90, 91, 92, all of those, I think, are great shows um, in, their yeah. own, in their own different way. 88 being the first one was is, is good. You know, I have a little bit of nostalgia for that from being a kid and watching the tape. But it doesn't hold up as well as the other ones. And then 93, 94 kind of fell off. And then 97 really kicked it up as one of my... 97 might be my favorite SummerSlam ever. Uh, then there's I can get that. 98, the year after, also awesome. The only thing that knocks that down a little bit of a peg is Austin got knocked out. So the main event kind of in his match with the undertaker. Mm -hmm. So they couldn't have the classic match they, they would have had because the crowd was so hot for that. Um, the only one slightly behind that one would probably 2002 and 2013. Of course, 2002, the main event was Brock versus rock where the rock, um, put over Lesnar for his first title win. And then there was the comeback return of Shawn Michaels versus triple H. Uh, The 2013 show, of course, had the CM Punk-Brock Lesnar match, which is just amazing. And then the main event of Daniel Bryan versus John Cena. So that one also had an awesome show. So those are mine. What are some of your
1: favorite SummerSlam years? Well, uh, one of the first tapes that I ever had, and I watched it it enough that we needed three copies of it, was SummerSlam 90. Okay. uh, Which is just a very good... It's a very... um, It's still kind of that feel where it's kind of a big house show. Uh, to a degree, but you can start to feel it move towards the bigger feeling of a pay per view sure. of your of the more traditional pay per view. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tag title match on there with Demolition against the Hearts is outstanding.
0: Yep, the two out three uh, falls one, right? And the
1: t- yep, yep. Uh, and then you have uh, Hulk Hogan making his comeback after Earthquake injured him. Uh, he injured him so badly that Hogan was confused enough to think he could act. <laughs> he went off to make suburban. He went off to make suburban. That was suburban Mando okay summer.
0: Okay, I, I thought that was no yeah. holds bar, but no holds bar way off. That, that was, was after nine.
1: WrestleMania Four, yeah, five. Um, yeah, uh, and then there's um, there's a really good um, there's a really good story throughout the show of of Dusty Rhodes' manager Sapphire disappearing mm-hmm. and trying to figure out what's going on, and somehow no one could figure out that. When someone was sending Sapphire all these expensive presents, there's only one really rich guy in the company. <laughs> Anybody want to take a guess at this?
0: No, I want to ask yeah. you this. Yeah, um, a million dollar, man. I want to ask you this because so I did. I've talked about this before on my show. Like SummerSlam 90 for me was kind of like my white whale because none of my local video stores had it to rent. Eventually I did find it, but it was way after, yeah. and I didn't start regularly watching wrestling every week and keeping up storylines until 91. So. What was what ended up happening after this payoff happened? Did Sapphire continue on TV a little bit with Ted DiBiase, like, or did she just kind of fade off after this pay per view? What happened? What was the it, payoff of this? It wasn't even
1: fade off. It it wasn't even fading off. She just disappeared. <laughs> okay. It was. I, that might have been her last appearance.
0: Okay. Well, I'm glad I'm not going crazy because I've tried to look for it. Be like, okay, superstar yeah, challenge. Okay, good.
1: Yeah, you're not going. She pretty much just vanished after that because Dusty was. Um, that started off there. Few Dusty's last match with the company was at the ninety-one Rumble. Mm-hmm. So he. So they weren't. The story didn't have much longer to go. But yeah, he was gone right at. She was gone right after that. If not, if that if that wasn't her last appearance, she might have had one more at most. But and she the, was done after that.
0: The main. Uh, this one, I guess was one of the co-main events was Hulk Hogan versus Earthquake. And When I re-watched the show. That's kind of like a hidden gem of how good of a classic good guy bad guy match should be. Um,
1: Yeah, and it's just great. Yeah, for the life of me, I don't understand why Hogan didn't didn't get a pin, unless they were trying to save the house show matches. But Hogan wins that by count out, which is always kind of weird.
0: Yeah, according to from what I've read, you know, on uh, Meltzer's um, recaps and things like that, that was the reason is they wanted to do house show business for another few months, and they did. They had three more months of house show business, so I guess it made sense in that area. I think they eventually did like a blow off on a main event or something like that. I could be wrong, but that was, yeah, that was weird that Hogan didn't win by pin. That's kind of like when Luger won by count out in yeah. SummerSlam '93.
1: Yeah. the uh, the um, The other thing that I love about that match, that show was in Philadelphia, and uh, Hogan knocks Earthquake through a table. Yeah. even in ni- Even in 1990, tables were a thing, uh-huh. thing in Philadelphia. Uh huh. That that yeah, was my first time kind of That aspect. was
0: my first time seeing a table spot in wrestling, so I was pretty excited when I saw that for the first time. Because mm-hmm. I, I wasn't yeah. watching WCW NWA with Flair and Funk did it, right? Uh, what about right. your other ones? Because we'll there, we'll get back to the cage match main event in a little bit. But what about your sure. other favorite SummerSlam shows?
1: Well, there's ninety two, which is obviously a classic. Wembley mm-hmm. um, Stadium ninety 96- six. 96 is kind of underrated. That had a very good one-two punch at the top with uh, with Undertaker and Mankind in the Boiler Room Brawl. And then Sean versus Vader is the main event.
0: Yeah, I was a huge Shawn Michaels fan. Uh, the
1: problem there. is those are the only two... Yeah, go, I'm sorry, go ahead, yeah. The problem is those are really the only two matches on the show that are good, but both of those matches are well over 20 minutes long. And they're just really good examples of what... Of the, between Sean and Undertaker, and maybe Brett, those are really the only guys around that time who were really, really good. Now, and there's, been Summer's of, obviously is,
0: there's been a lot of back and forth and stuff over the years of, oh, WWF ruined Vader when he was there. They didn't push him and all that. To me, as a kid, when I was watching in 1996, I hated Vader, which I guess was kind of the point because he was a heel. But I was so happy when Michaels <laughs> beat him. I'm like, good. He can go away now. Michaels won. I think I've watched this pay-per-view live, and for those who don't remember, this is one a match that has three different finishes. So first there's a count-out, Mm -hmm. and then a DQ, and both times Jim Cornette convinces Shawn Michaels, no, no, we want the title, it's not how it should go. And they restart the match both times, and Michaels eventually wins. But watching that, when the first thing happened, like, oh no, it's going to be a count-out, he's going to get a rematch, oh no. What are your thoughts? Do you think they should have pushed Vader? Should they have given him the title at that time, or or it didn't make sense to do so?
1: Well, the original plan was to have Vader win the title. Um, but Sean vetoed it in one of his infamous backstage tantrums. Uh, it was going to be Vader winning the title, and then Sean was going to get it back at Survivor Series. Or possibly at uh, the Rumble in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. But uh, th- there's a moment in there where um, where Sean is going up for, I think, the moonsault, but Vader is down and doesn't get to his point in time, and Sean just rips him apart. You can see it on the, on the match. Sean just starts yelling and screaming at him about how he blew the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would have gone, uh, I would have gone with Vader winning the title. Uh, Vader at that point though, was just, he the injuries and the years were catching up with him and there was only so much you could do with him. So he was, a sh- he wasn't quite a shell of his former self yet, but he was rapidly approaching it. Um, I'm going
0: to defend Michaels a little bit for that veto, because if you remember in 96, when he became champion, house show business shot up significantly. So he's like, look, I'm the draw here. I, I shouldn't be losing the mm-hmm. belt here. So I, I kind of get that a little bit. And plus, I'm a huge Michaels fan, so I'm going to always take his side. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The other thing is, were, did you yeah. watch WCW and NWA when you were younger? So did you know who Vader was? Because for me, I'm like, who is this guy with the jaw oh, yeah. strap on his
1: head? Oh, yeah.
0: Okay. So that probably Oh, Vader helps
1: terrified help. me. He, can, he
0: Yeah, that yeah. probably helps a little bit a well, lot he... more. Because he was a beast in WCW. Oh, yeah. So that that makes sense. Oh yeah,
1: he he could beat Sting. Nobody could beat Sting. Nobody <laughs> could beat Sting. He could beat Sting. Nobody that
0: doesn't can compute. <laughs> Nobody could beat Sting. I like it. Sting was one of the guys I knew of because he was like he was like I was like in my head I'm like oh he's the Hulk Hogan of WCW. It's how I saw him, which is what they tried to yeah. do a little bit. Yeah. Uh, oh, the he, the Boiler Room Brawl yeah. match at the show is good. It's it's really good actually, and it's way ahead of its time. I think it's it could have mm-hmm. gone a little long. But the fact that both Undertaker and Mankind were so hard-hitting with it, I think helped it a lot when I was watching it.
1: Yeah. it's Yeah. It's one of those um, I think people that, need to go back and watch,
0: because I think people always just assume all oh, the hell in the cell match, and they kind of sometimes forget about this match Undertaker and Mankind had.
1: Yeah. Those two had some just absolutely cr- crazy chemistry together. Um, because the thing with Undertaker was he could always... Everything was going to end with the tombstone, and he put away so many monsters and giants with it. But Mankind, he could beat on Mankind for as many months as he wanted, and he could never stop him. And that's what made Mankind versus Undertaker work. Undertaker, everything Undertaker did over the years, it wouldn't work on Mankind. And it, he couldn't figure out how to finally get rid of him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it finally took going to a completely other, other level. In '98 to stop him, and mainly just because he nearly killed him. Yeah. But, but until it it it's it's a very different kind of match because for one thing it was all taped every, everything until they come into the arena was taped the night before, mm-hmm. which is the case with al- which is the case with almost every backstage bit. Sure. Um. But then you have the big swerve at the end with Bayer turning on on Undertaker, which was unthinkable at the time.
0: It's so funny, too, with, like, these these supernatural character matches. You know, it's either all or nothing. You know, you get the horrible House of Horrors match, and then you get something somewhat similar with this in a boiler room brawl, and it works. And I think, you know, WWE gets shit on sometimes for saying, what were they thinking? It's like, well, it's worked before. It's just you got to try it to see if it works, and sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. And I don't know if anyone could predict, no matter how smart you are, what will work and what won't work with stuff like that. So I'll, I'm not going to give them too much crap for trying it. I will give them shit for trying to put uh, graphics on the ring during the WrestleMania match with Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. But other than that, I'm not going oh, to make
1: me think about that.
0: <laughs> I'm not going to give them too much crap for don't trying, make me think about that. for trying the house of horror match, yeah. you know, cause this is something that yeah. on paper, like that's so stupid, but you watch, you're like, Oh, this is yeah. badass. What yeah. about some other well, shows? A lot of that just comes. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go uh, ahead. Some other
1: shows. Uh, um, uh, uh, ninety eight is uh, is one of the best shows they've ever put on, top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's also the only time where that that is the biggest, not not necessarily the best, but the big, biggest SummerSlam ever, and it's really not even close.
0: You mean business wise um, and like interest wise and all that?
1: Uh, both, both, okay. also just the feel of it. That that felt bigger to me than me, the uh, fourteen that year. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, from top to bottom at least. Uh, but yeah the uh as you mentioned the um the part where austin gets knocked out um the funny part of that is uh he um he's knocked out and earl hebner goes to check on him and uh hebner says steve you okay and austin just says where am i and Her- oh. hebner goes oh boy <laughs> yeah it's the that, main that, event of a four giant show into the match. yeah it's the you can't yeah, stop austin, it <laughs> yeah austin doesn't remember it. He remembers, he remembers laying on the table for Undertaker's leg drop from the top. He doesn't remember anything else from that whole match.
0: Now, listeners, if you, if you watch this show, you're also going to have to do me a favor and go on YouTube and look up the original Highway to Hell promo for it because that's not going to be there anymore because the copyright yes. listens. Like, the Highway to Hell promo for this show still gives me goosebumps. That's, that's one of the best video packages they've ever done. Um, the song was is perfect, like the, the timing, everything. WWE does awesome packages all the time, but that's one of the best ones they've ever done. Maybe that's a future show I'll do, like few, like vignette video packages for matches. That's got to be at the top of the list. Yeah. So go on YouTube, type that in SummerSlam, Highway to Hell, um, Build, or whatever. I'm sure it'll come up on there. So definitely check that out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another thing on this match or this card was the Triple H Rock Ladder Match, which I think I've heard yes. you say before. That's one of your favorite ladder matches ever
1: one of my favorite matches ever period okay uh, that is the that is the match that launched those two from the mid card to the spot it was clear these guys are the future um, that uh, rock won the world title three months after that show mm-hmm. uh, it was clear those two were going to be the guys uh, uh, along with Austin yep. and there was no way it uh, I mean triple the problem with that was triple H wrestled that match with a horrible knee injury and was pretty much out for the next two or three months as a result. Mm-hmm. But, uh so just an, an amazing performance from him with basically doing it on one leg and, just two guys who were young and fired up and and gave it everything they had on the biggest stage they could.
0: I'll never forget watching this one live because my friends and I were split at my buddy's house. Two were Rock fans, two were Triple H fans. Me and my friend, one friend were Triple H fans, the other two are Rock fans. And then when China interfered to, to help Triple H win, she basically gives Rock a low blow on the ladder, Triple H scores it. The other two uh, Rock fans were like, that's bullshit. He needed someone to cheat. He needed a woman to help him win and all that other stuff. And looking back, I was like, yeah, why did they do that? But then it makes sense because they wanted both of them to be huge stars going forward. And, and they yeah. were. It, it was, that was the moment. It's like, okay, well, you're not just a sidekick Triple H. You're going to be the guy soon. And same with The Rock.
1: Right. Right. And that's, that's yeah, so funny um, with
0: The Rock. It's just a few months later. He's main eventing WrestleMania that year. That's nuts.
1: Yep. Also, the, uh, for an underrated match on that show that you'll probably never hear brought up, the opener between Val Venus and D.Lo Brown. So glad is, you brought
0: that up. So glad.
1: But go on. Yeah. So glad you brought that up.
0: To talk about it. It's easily
1: their best, ma- easily either one of their best matches ever. Uh, just no particular reason for it to be good. Just two guys beating each other up and giving it everything they have uh, when they have the chance to. It's just a really, really surprising surprisingly good match
0: and the crowd's crazy hot for it i love the end when venus uses val oh, yeah. venus uses the d'lo brown's chest protector and you know the king's like he's a yep. legitimate injury he can't use that and it's just it's just great and the, and the crowd's hot for it as far as yep. opening matches too um i've I, something i wanted to think of there's been several opening matches that were great that was one of them another one's going to be the kurt angle versus ray mysterio match from uh yes. SummerSlam 2002 That's a match, if you haven't Mm -hmm. seen it, and it doesn't get talked about because of how giant that card was, they don't stop from bell to bell. Like, you you say that sometimes, oh, they're going to wrestle. No. It starts off with Mysterio attacking Angle from behind, so he doesn't even have an entrance, and then it just goes from there. Um, There's tons of false finishes. The crowd's nuts. Definitely check that one out. Another one to check out is from SummerSlam89, the Heart Foundation versus the Brain Busters for an opening match, a tag team match. That's something, again, that you kind of would forget about, but I think it's a great match to watch too as far as tag teams are
1: opening matches, period. Yeah, that's kind of one of those dream matches. Uh, um, that's one of those dream matches from the 80s which is great tag teams mm-hmm. um, just having a good match. Yeah,
0: uh, and it's, 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 it, I, it's tough to describe. It's just a good wrestling match. That's what it is.
1: Yeah, and sometimes that's all you need is just to have four guys who are incredibly... Good, going out there and working with each other on a big stage, and that's exactly what they did.
0: What uh, before we go on to some of our favorite overall, I guess we mentioned a couple of them already, as far as matches go. But any other shows that you love from top to bottom? You've mentioned you know ninety and ninety six. What else you
1: got? Yeah. Well, two thousand two is kind of the obvious one. Sure. uh, Just with that's that's the best SummerSlam quality wise ever. Uh, Maybe twenty thirteen can beat it. That's about it. uh, so we'll go with twenty thirteen. Also, uh, two thousand eleven is very good. That's um, Punk versus Cena two, right? With and that the was just ending after, being
0: that was just after the Money in the Bank match in July that year, right? That was the second pay per view mm-hmm. after it. Yep, okay.
1: yep, yeah, it was the rematch. Yeah, uh, that's a very good. Just it's Cena versus Punk. There, there's no way they're going to screw that up.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are. Yeah, those are those are two guys that as far as seen' like, best opponents, punk's got to be one of them because every match they've had has been incredible um, now as yeah. far as individual matches with all these shows we talked about a couple already you know our funny that we both like Tolkien earthquake and we love the D'Lo versus Hell Venus and the latter match at or SummerSlam 98 so here's some of the ones that that I have that are some of my favorite ones I've got Punk and Lesnar from SummerSlam 2013. I've got the British Bulldog versus Bret Hart, SummerSlam 92, which still holds up, by the way, for people that are curious, because sometimes matches don't hold up. It still holds up, not as well when you know the ending. Um, Kurt Ingle versus Brock Lesnar, SummerSlam 2003. Uh, We already mentioned Mm -hmm. Michaels, Triple H from SummerSlam 2002. Uh, Another couple ones is the Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon match from SummerSlam 95, their their second pay-per-view ladder match. Yes which to me is yeah. better than their WrestleMania 10 match. What say you? Is that better or or not as good as the first one?
1: Uh it's I would put them probably about equal. Uh the thing what the thing with that match was because of I, I WWF was trying to tone down their violence at that point so they said you can't hit each other with the ladder. Yep. To which someone to which someone then said, "Well, what if we throw each other into the ladder?" <laughs> And they're like, well, I guess that would be okay. So that's what we get for 15 minutes. Um, but yeah, it, it's a very different kind of ladder match, and it still works very well.
0: What are some of your other favorite matches then? Because I named mine. What are some of yours?
1: Okay. Um, well, uh, we'll start with 92 uh, with Ultimate Warrior versus Savage 2, which is often forgotten in the wake of their WrestleMania 7 match. Um, that was the match with where the match is mainly built on the backstory of Mr. Perfect and Ric Flair had said one of them is going to join up with Perfect and Flair. And the big question all night long was who is going to turn? And in the end, no one does. Mm-hmm. But it's that drama that is building throughout the match all night long, uh, but no one ever actually turns. Originally, it was going to be Warrior to turn, but he shot down the idea and they went with... No one.
0: Turns. Yeah, I was actually watching that uh, match today because I I remembered it being good. I think what hurts a little bit is there's no <laughs> definitive finish in the match. You know, I think it ends in a count out. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's still a really good match. You know, those, again, those are two guys that had great chemistry, Warrior and Macho Man. Um, mm-hmm. I love what the beginning of the yeah. match started. They're both so intense. They've got a big handshake, and they both pull each other in, and like a thing. Warrior shoves Macho's face away. Um, after Macho yeah. Man passed away, the Ultimate Warrior posted a video talking about how the day of that match, him and Macho Man were chugging cups of coffee to be amped up for that match. With us, which I thought was a cool story.
1: Yeah, yeah. Those cause those, those two need more energy.
0: <laughs> um, they need more intensity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, but,
1: I, yeah but yeah, but
0: It's a good. It's a uh, damn good match. So definitely check those that one out too.
1: Uh let's see what else we have. Uh there there um there well we're going to get back to the cage matches later. Uh yeah. uh Undertaker versus Bret Hart uh in, in the main event of SummerSlam 97. Mhm. Uh is a is a those uh, Sean and uh, uh and Undertaker might have best some of the best main event chemistry ever. Bret and Bret and Undertaker had some am- amazingly good matches too. Mm-hmm. Those two could really tear the house down when they get when they had the chance. Uh right. this was the um
0: no, I was going to say, I just think we're seeing a common theme when we're saying these guys have great matches together. They're they're just really good wrestlers. Yeah. Punk and Cena and, yeah. and Michaels and Hart and Undertaker. Yeah. Those are some of the best wrestlers of all time yeah. in rings. So I think that's they probably are. why we're saying that so much.
1: Yeah, that's true too. Um, this was the uh, this was pretty much just after the Border War had ended with the Hart Foundation against Austin and company and there really wasn't much of a way to not put the title on Brent here. Uh, just with the, the, there was just not much of a way around it and also the ending with Shawn Michaels as guest referee hitting Undertaker with a chair by mistake set off one of the best feuds ever
0: yes the Michaels Undertaker uh, feud if,
1: yeah. if anyone gets yeah. oh, yeah.
0: to because we have the network watch the build to the SummerSlam show too in this main event they, particularly there's a show they're in Canada I forget which province they're in but Michaels is talking, and he the crowd just booing. You can't even hear him and breaking announces, And I'm going to yeah. be the special referee. And he's got like the Canadian flag in his pants and all that. So the crowd, like this match, had so much built up to it. And the stipulation, if you remember, was if Bret loses, he can never wrestle in America again. And if Michaels favors Undertaker, he can never wrestle in America again. So you're like, okay, how are they going to get out of this? And of course, they do the thing where Michael yeah. swings the chair and hits him uh, or hits uh, Undertaker on accident. Um, again, a great, mm-hmm. one yeah, of my favorite it, shows ever. It has a great main event.
1: Yeah. Just in general, watch Raw in 97. It just in ge- just go back and watch the whole thing. Yeah. You will not have a bad, until, well, until like March. Start watching it then, because that's when they completely revamp mm-hmm. the show. Yeah, but um, they're doing yeah, a DVD outstanding... set coming
0: out. A DVD set coming out, I think in a couple months, called The Dawn of Attitude, where it's going to be WWF yeah. in 97. So I'm looking forward to that one.
1: Oh, yeah. Outstanding. That's probably the best quality year they've ever had, which is covering a lot of ground. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see other great SummerSlam matches. Uh, there's a uh, Austin versus Kurt Angle in 2001, which okay. Austin has said that's the best match he ever did as a heel. Uh, I'll that was basically.
0: I have to rewatch that one because I got so st- yeah. turned off by the Alliance WCW thing that I stopped watching for a while. Um, yeah. I have seen the match, well, that is... but I, I got to go back and watch it.
1: Yeah, That is the hidden, that, that show, pretty much that show in general, at least that at the very least that match, is pretty much the hidden gem of the Alliance era. I can't stand the Alliance era either, mm-hmm. um, but that is basically Angle suplexing the heck out of Austin for 20 minutes, and the other half of the 20 minutes is Austin hitting Angle in the face really, really hard. <laughs> wow. So it's just, th- those two just go back and forth at it for 20 minutes, and, and Austin is keeping up with Angle every step.
0: Mm-hmm. Any other yeah, ones before uh, we go on to the cage uh, match ranking we keep uh, teasing? <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, finally, we'll do... Uh, uh, let's see. Um, oh, uh, Cena versus Brian from 2013. Yep. Which, at the t- at first, I, th- I liked that match better than Punk versus Lesnar. I've changed my mind on that since, but I still absolutely love the ending to that with Brian debuting the running knee mm-hmm. to beat Cena completely clean.
0: Yep, and I, I for yeah. one, when I was watching, did not see the Triple H turn coming. Um, I might have been stupid, but I didn't see it coming, where he turned on Brian. So as soon as he did, obviously, he knew Orton was coming. But did you see that coming? Yeah. Okay. I'm just... Uh, well, I, I guess know, I wanted to believe so bad that he wasn't, but what do I know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, Orton was already out there when Triple H yeah. turned, because Brian was basically telling Orton to to come on in, and then he gets pedigreed. Uh, I... I, they waited a long time to do it, which was what made it work for me. If you if you lure you into that false sense of security and then pull the trigger on it, then it works really well. Um, Another
0: hidden gem... But yeah, just the... Because that's not really a hidden gem that match. Everyone pretty much loves it. Because before I forget about it, the hidden gem I wanted to bring up was the CM Punk versus Jeff Hardy ladder match from SummerSlam. I believe that was 2009. Yeah. And yeah. for those who has not seen it, it's pretty. It's pretty much Hardy's one of his last matches in WWE, if not his last match for a long time. Um, but the best part is after Punk wins, the lights go out, and he who's under him is the Undertaker to go right into yes. their next feud. So check that one out too. It's a hidden yeah. ladder match and a hidden just good match in general.
1: Yeah, uh, I think it was a TLC match. Okay. So, um, yeah, you because uh, uh, Jeff they had Jeff had one more match against Punk on SmackDown. I think it was that week. Yeah. yeah. At the latest, it was the week after. So you know, Jeff had one more rematch, and then he left for TNA in 2010. Uh, but yeah, that is an excellent match. It's also surprisingly the main event, which mm-hmm. you wouldn't really expect that to those. It's kind of a surprise that they got to main event SummerSlam, but they certainly did, which is probably their highest profile match ever for both games
0: Yes. Yeah. And you got to think too. With you couldn't really end with Undertaker coming back and then have another match after that. So it it made, right. me, it made sense. Right. All right, yeah. now let's get to it. So I, I've talked about these cage matches. Yeah. When I say cage matches, there's been three big cage matches at SummerSlam, I'm excluding the Hell in the Cell match between Edge and The Undertaker. Um, but, so here's my three. There was the one in 1990, which was Ravaging Rick Wood versus The Ultimate Warrior. There was one in 1994, mm-hmm. Bret Hart versus Owen Hart for the WWF title. And one in '97, mm-hmm. Mankind versus Triple H for a grudge match. <laughs> there was no title involved. Um, no, I think I'm going to put Warrior Root at number three, and that's not because I think yeah. it's a bad match. I just think in comparison to the other two, I think it's number three. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, yeah. Also, with that match, the fans after Hogan and Earthquake had their thing, the fans were just kind of done.
0: And plus, Warrior and you Root had see, already. You can feel the
1: energy go out. Of-
0: and Warrior and Root had, they had. already suited, was- so it was just kind of a re- rehash. Yeah. Which everyone was like, "What the hell? We already got rid of this
1: guy." <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, they had, they, had, they had had a match the previous year at SummerSlam with Warrior winning, so I don't know really. They didn't have anybody else for him to feud with, which was a big reason why Warrior's title reign didn't go well.
0: Mm-hmm. So number two here. I'm curious what you're going to say. I think I'm going to put Bretton Owen at number two, and I'll tell you why. I think it's a damn good match and a really good match. It runs about five minutes too long for my taste. Uh, Mm -hmm. also some of the teases with Owen getting out are a little unrealistic to me. Like there's a point where he's completely out of the cage and he has to basically stop and wait for Brett to come get him. And that drove me nuts. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's, Uh, that's my point off for it. Uh, I go back and forth on this match. Um, on its own, it's an incredible cage match. Uh, the, just it's, it's really built around the drama of the false finishes. Mm-hmm. The problem I have with it is it doesn't exactly follow their story. Brett and Owen had been feuding for the better part of a year at this point, and in theory, you put them in a cage so they can just unload on each other, and that doesn't really happen. Uh, it's m- much more spent just trying to get out of the cage instead of attacking each other. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't, doesn't quite fit with what they're going with. Uh, now that being said, it's still incredible. And again, and it uh, in kind of a reversal from '90 that should have closed the show. Um, instead, they went with the Undertaker versus Undertaker match, which really didn't work that well. Uh, and also, the crowd was burned out by the time the really good cage match ends.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So um, I heard on the yeah, uh, outstanding match. That it was, it, was it, it,
0: Bruce Pritchard show where he talked about this how. Undertaker went up to Brett afterwards, like was pissed because he went so long because his match then got cut short. Mm-hmm. You know, which in the end was probably a good thing <laughs> that he went long, because we didn't need any longer of the Undertaker, yeah. Undertaker match. Um, but yeah. is, that's number two for me. So is it number two for you, or is it number one?
1: I would probably put it at number one, but I can. It's not something I'm gonna. It's not something I'm gonna rant and rave about how horrible of a decision it would. Be. Mm-hmm. You can really go either way with this.
0: So my number and the reason I picked number 1 of Mankind Triple H is one it was Mankind finally beat Triple H after always getting his ass mm-hmm. they lost King of the Ring always won and there in this match it seemed like it was going to happen again especially when he's going to escape and China smashes the hell out of his head with the steel cage door giving and then of course giving a
1: severe concussion.
0: Oh my goodness like and no th- that was back that wasn't a mesh cage it's a steel cage it's Oh yeah, uh, he just out of his damn mind. Um, and then I, I loved the Ricky, or the, I'm sorry, the Jimmy Snuka tribute moment where he rips his shirt open, and you can see the heart on his chest, which I think definitely faded a lot throughout the match because it's barely visible. Um, yeah, I, I loved yeah. that moment. I loved how when he's laying on the ground with a smile on his face, they play "Dude Love," his, his foot's tapping. It was kind of like, okay, Mick, you finally got yours up. Congratulations. And it's just a hard-hitting match throughout. Yeah. Neither guy's held back. Triple H let him beat the hell out of him. He beat the hell out of Mankind. It was For me, it's number one. That's just me personally. I think people kind of sometimes sleep on it because it was the opening match.
1: Yeah. I can. I have no issue with putting that at number one. Uh, again, two guys who were very talented and had amazing chemistry together. Uh, but then again, It's really, really hard not to have chemistry with Foley. Because mm-hmm. he'll he, do he's anything for right? you. And he's one of those guys who just... His style works so well against anybody.
0: Yeah, because um, he's a big guy, but doesn't look like a giant guy unless he's against a small guy. And against giants like the Undertaker, yeah. he definitely matches up well with him.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I've I've met Foley in person before. I have to look up to him. Mm-hmm. I'm about six feet tall. He's he towers over me. Yeah, but you don't notice that because he's constantly fighting Undertaker and Kane and Big Show and people and like wa-
0: that. And he walks. And he walks with a uh, hunch, but hunch but a yeah, little bit
1: the, too. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah. It, just a very, very good match. Uh, I love the ending with the cage dive. Uh, it was a great callback to uh, to 83 with Snuka. Um I also love the ending, or the post-match, where, like you said, he morphs into dude love, which it, it's another reason why I think Foley is the most, possibly the most amazing character ever, because it's not that he's changing gimmicks, it's that he has all these per- personalities in his head, and he can transition from one to another, just like that, and like different aspects of what's going on in his life bring out the personalities. That's a fascinating character when you think about it, where it's one person with multiple personalities.
0: Mm-hmm. So this you, know, one, you see yeah, now with he's a he's a guy too. Where there's been plenty of guys that have been repackaged, but I can't think of anyone that was simultaneously mm-hmm. different people.
1: Unless you count something like like Balor with the demon, but really that's just like him amping everything up with. With Foley, he becomes different characters, entirely different characters. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that, not to this degree, I don't think anyone really has ever pulled that off. Not when they're this extremely different, and when they're acknowledging that it's the same person playing them.
0: Speaking of him, and I guess you could call him number four if you want to call him Mick Foley as a character, in addition to those other three, because yeah. as Mick Foley, he had a match with Ric Flair at SummerSlam in an I Quit match which I think was 2008, mm-hmm. I want to believe. Um, I could be wrong. I'll double yeah. check. Yeah, okay, 2006. Uh, but what's funny about that is I've heard Foley say, he's like, I'm disappointed that wasn't as brutal as it could have been. I'm like, it was a pretty brutal, bloody match, Mick. I don't know what else you wanted. Yeah. The ending kind of was yeah, like annoying, was, but it, it made sense odd. how to get out of it. Yeah, it was the ending. If you yeah. guys who don't know, like, I think Brickford is about to attack Molina or something like that. Yeah. And then Fleur always says, okay, Fleur, I quit, I quit, which was kind of lame. But it's a pretty bloody brutal match.
1: Yeah, it really is. Oh, you still there? Well,
0: oh, if you ever need someone. Hold on, one Wait, sec. Yeah. You're, cl- cr- uh, you're cracking up a little bit. Let's see if I got you. Sure.
1: Okay, you there? Hello. Okay, we're good. We're good. Yes. Cool.
0: Go ahead with what you were saying.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, uh, if you ever need someone to be completely insane you go with Foley because mm-hmm. he, he goes from that nice guy demeanor to the, one of the scariest people in the history of wrestling uh, at the drop of a hat, really.
0: And that's probably why and he was forced to retire because he's like, okay, I have to be honest with myself, I can't go out there and half-ass do it.
1: Right. Yeah, also, I mean, he uh, when, when, your, when your big spot for years was called the Nesty Plunge, for those of you who don't know... The Nest T plunge is Foley stands on the apron with his back to the to the to the mats and just drops straight back onto the concrete. hmm With no protection, just he lands flat on the concrete.
0: Yep, and this is in WCW days too, when he was Cactus Jack, mm-hmm. when there was no mats around the ring because Bill Watts decided there should yep. be no mats around the ring. Because right. it's it's real, which is kind of silly to me, but whatever. Uh, and also yeah. some of his WCW matches as Cactus Jack I could see why he was so pissed when Bischoff and had Shivani say, "Oh, that'll put some butts in the seats." Like make fun of him. He he said an interview before. He's like, you know, I did so much for that company and put my body in line, and they did this to me yeah. for, just for just out of spite. You know, there's a match with him yeah. versus the Nasty Boys, I think, where he just gets a shovel just thrown in his head, a giant me- metal shovel, yeah. just brutal. Yeah. Anyway.
1: Yeah. It- the, the, if you go on about Foley's insanity for days. <laughs> it's true. It's
0: true. And he's still, I'm glad he still got his wits about him. He's a nice guy still. I've met him too. He's a really, really yeah. nice guy. Yeah. Who would you say is, because Michaels, Shawn Michaels is considered by WWE, Mr. WrestleMania, and based on match quality, I'd agree. Who's Mr. SummerSlam?
1: Yeah. Um, I would go with either Brock or Hogan. Okay. Uh, Hogan never actually lost at SummerSlam in his, entire career he was he's i think he's the only person with probably x number of matches minimum to be undefeated there uh lesnar on the other hand you have 2002 and 2003 which are both great matches he beat triple h in 2014 punk in, or, or in 2012 sorry 20, uh, punk in 2013 uh he squashes cena in 24 in 2014 which mm-hmm. is still one of the most amazing things i've ever seen uh 2015 he has the Undertaker match. Last year he destroys Randy Orton. Those are some very high profile people to beat.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's also he like I have said before when he shows up he brings it like isn't doesn't slack and the only time oh, he's yeah. ever done that really since his comeback is his match with Ambrose at WrestleMania 32 and that makes sense because yeah. he was going back to fight and no one knew that yet. Um but other than that he brings it for every match he's been at since he's been back. Yeah. I would say Brock is a a good choice. Uh, Bret Hart could be another good choice because he had the match with per- perfect at 91 plus he had back-to-back great tag team years in 89 and 90 92 with the Bulldog 94 with um, Owen uh, 95 yeah. I think he faced like Doink slash Isaac Yankum slash Jerry <laughs> Roller so that, he gets a pass <laughs> 96 yeah. he's out and 97 he uh, has another awesome match with Taker so that's, Bret Hart's probably my pick mm-hmm. for Mr. Summerslam
1: I would have no issue with that whatsoever.
0: Okay. Well, you're not a good person to argue with because you're just, okay, I agree. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I know, you, I know, you're, I know you're not going to argue just to argue. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Um, so we're at about an hour here. So any other thoughts here before we wrap up the uh, little SummerSlam? We were kind of all over the place, but that's okay. It's kind of how I like it. Any other yeah. random SummerSlam thoughts about yeah. this week's show or anything else coming up?
1: Uh, bring a sleeping bag for this week's show. It's only four uh, hours. Come on. Two it's, hours. A, it's only four hours. Well, he, uh no, it's 6 hours cuz you got the 2 hour kickoff show which will have probably 3 matches as well.
0: Which well, I I so, like how they they pushed up the uh, Cruiserweight title to, to Raw. Oh,
1: they they already announced the rematches on Sunday.
0: Oh, I am off the internet for like 6 hours and I missed the rematch announcement. Okay.
1: Oh, they announced it, they announced it last night on Raw that that they said last night on Raw that the rematches on su- oh, Sunday. Oh, that was So that is my still in 40. the cards.
0: All right. Okay. So all right, you win. I will bring a sleeping bag, I I'll I'll keep it on and see. I, although, admittedly, I will probably only watch the main show and then rewatch the pre-show the next day. So
1: I'll be okay. I don't blame. You. I don't blame <laughs> you. I watch it straight through, so it's it's a long sit.
0: It is. It is. But I think the build up to that main event will be worth it.
1: I think so too. That has that has me interested. Really interested.
0: Yep. The only thing I'm really not like I'm like whatever about is the Nakamura. Uh, Mahal match. Even the Cena-Corbin match is kind of meh as well. But the Usos are facing the new yeah. day again, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm interested in that because they're going to tear it down. I I think maybe we'll get the culmination of the uh, the Breeze Dango storyline, the, the the Twin Peaks fashion files. Uh, my theory is yeah. it's going to be Ziggler who's going to be the one behind it all. That's my
1: theory. That'd be amazing. My guess something is better sanity. Yeah, yeah, Ziggler has nothing going on right now. Yeah. So...
0: Uh, maybe Austin uh, get called up, you know, the, on SmackDown or something like maybe. that. Who knows? Because so there's lots of stuff going on. So I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to this show more than I was WrestleMania. So that says something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This should be a, it should be fun. It's just, um, there's some stuff in there you could probably cut out for the sake of making it a little bit tighter, but that's just the way summer. that's the way these big shows go.
0: So I actually talked to, uh, Carrie, WWE squared circle guy a couple times and, He's one of those quote-unquote super fans that always goes to the big shows, gets the travel packages and all that. And I asked him, yeah. like, you know, you go to these. What do you think of the shows being selling? He goes, honestly, I wish they were longer. He's like, they're charging us an arm and a leg for it. You might as well keep us there and give us a full entertaining show. So at least from his yeah. perspective and the people in the you know the travel package area, that's what they're for. I mean, I've heard people say that, oh, WWE should make WrestleMania a two-day event. And I don't really think it should be. You don't make the Super Bowl two days because it's long. No. Um, no, It's one day a year. Everyone can chill and deal with it. All right. <laughs> Although rest of me this year was eight hours. Yeah. So let's slow down a little bit.
1: <laughs> there are some times where it just goes like there are times where it feels like they're extending it to extend it. And mm-hmm. that's never a good thing because you can tell when they're doing it.
0: Yeah. I and think that's not good. The good news is, though, is on these pay-per-views and stuff, the big shows, the matches are all getting time, which which is nice. Um, yeah. You know, we'll see what happens with the that's women's true. title matches and everything. Another one I'm not sure about is the SmackDown one. I'm assuming we could do a Carmella cash-in,
1: maybe. You know, if Naomi retains, that would make sense. I would hope so. We'll see. I would hope so, because, I mean, Natalia is not interesting. No matter how many times they want to push her, she's just... is the same character she's been for years now. Uh, Naomi is winning me over slowly. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, when you have Charlotte and Becky Lynch... Yep. On that same show, they're going to outshine everybody else, Yeah, and there's not much of a way around that.
0: Well, we'll see if Charlotte makes it. You know, everything going on with Ric Flair and everything, hopefully he's he's okay. Yeah, you know, that's true. We're, we're keeping an eye on that. I mean, I'm sure everyone who's yeah. a wrestling fan knows he's he had surgery, and no one really knows what the deal is, and he's kind of recovering right now. So hopefully she comes back, and yeah. hopefully he's okay. I'm sure if he's up, he's going to tell her, go to the show, you know. Um, oh, yeah. But... Either way, I'm looking forward to the show as I've said this week, and it sounds like you are too, uh, guys. If you want to follow KB on Twitter, you can at KB Reviews. But honestly, we've talked before; it's pretty much just him tweeting out links to his latest posts. Yeah. Um, yeah. But go uh, you to know his website, kbwrestlingreviews dot com. And on there yes. is pretty much every North American WCW, WWE, ECW show you can imagine. They're all on there with reviews and grades. In some yes. cases, there's two or three reviews per show, as you've gone back to revisit yes. some of them. Uh, mm-hmm. Also on the Amazon bookstore, either he's got a couple hard copy books and a few of the Kindle books. Just search at KB Reviews. They're anywhere. I think the hard copies are ten or twelve bucks, and the digital are yeah.
1: three or four bucks. So it's not a Eighth. large investment, Eighth. right? Including, including, including the history of Summerslam. There if you, you ever want a more, a much more in-depth version of it. And a much more uh, or, also, all my organized. Amazon, <laughs> yeah. Also, all the Amazon stuff, you're going to be better off. There's a link on my site for it mm-hmm. where I just have every book I've written. Just click on whatever. It'll take you to the Amazon yep.
0: page. Yeah, and also he's got a couple cool like uh, retrospective stuff like the history of the intercontinental title um, it's basically what we talked about now except way more organized and in order and not all over the place like this show was so if you want to sit down and read do that as well and obviously it goes to support him and keep that site up and running also wrestlingrumors.net is a good wrestling source to go to if you don't want clickbait articles cough wrestles on cough or right. anything else like that um, yeah anything yeah. else you want to plug before we, we wrap up here
1: uh that's going to be about it. Um yeah, just check out my site. Uh if I if there's an old show or even just an old like episode of wrestling TV that you'd like me to review, just drop me a comment on there. There's a, a uh an ask KB or request reviews or stuff like that, just whatever. Uh I can it might take me a bit to get to it, but I'll put it on my list. Uh I tend to be pretty pretty good about responding to comments on there. Are so you good? just if there's for some reason, tomorrow, are you you're
0: going to be reviewing it as you go when you're watching it live? You're going to be doing like a li- I know you're not going to post it live until it's done, but as you watch it, you're just going to basically yeah. be reviewing as you watch it.
1: Yeah, I always do. Okay,
0: so there you go, guys. Pretty much right after the show is over, if you want to see what KB thought of it, yep. uh, get some context and get the always easy A through F letter grades. And sometimes there's been letter G's or H or what the hell were they doing grades you've done every once in a while, mm-hmm. which is basically reserved for WCW in 99 and 2000. Um, Pretty much. <laughs> I am ai have a guilty pleasure of loving horrible wrestling, so I, I love some of that stuff because how bad it is. Um, so if you give something like an H or a W, I'm going to definitely go check that out.
1: Yeah, I've gone to negative F before, where it goes all the way down through Z and then <laughs> into the negative areas.
0: So, do you remember what that was? What the negative F was off the top of your head?
1: Oh yeah, it was the uncensored '96
0: uh, cage match. Yes, yes, yes. I love that with the ultimate solution, aka was, he, and then the Z Man or something. My favorite part of that cage match. Z Gangster. For those who don't know, this is not SummerSlam. Whatever WCW uncensored '96 it was Hulk Hogan and Macho Man versus the Alliance and Hulkamania, which was the Dungeon of Doom and the Four Horsemen teaming up in a quad, like a triple-decker cage match. And if you don't know what I'm under- yeah. saying, you have to see it. It's impossible to explain. When the yeah. match ends, they escape the cage, Hulk or Macho Man forgets to pin somebody. So Hulk has to tell him, yeah. go back and pin him, brother. <laughs> <laughs> he pins him. Yeah, It's and- so bad. I love it. I love it
1: and the thing is, they had made it clear that the stipulation was they had to just get out of the cage. Yep. Pins were never mentioned. It's kinda And of... then they get out of the cage, Savage runs back in and pins, I think it's Flair. Yeah. And then they win, even though they've already, they get out of the cage for the second time.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of like it, the, it uh, is, and the, the first the, blood match with Hogan and Flair,
1: where Flair bleeds, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, also, for the real entertainment of that, listen to Bobby Heenan's commentary. He is is completely riffing on the match the whole time. <laughs> it, it, he's it, he, yeah, it, it's just like cause the you gotta remember back then there was no uh titantron, there was just like a regular sized video screen right next to the entrance. This match happens, the cage isn't over the ring, nope. it's up by the entrance, and there's no light on it. So if you're not like within the first like third of the arena, there you can't see a thing. Like it's not, like a, that's,
0: not that's not hyperbole either. It's literally you can't see anything. It's not like no. the Pujamio It's hard yeah, to see. You can't see anything.
1: Yeah, and as Heenan puts, and Heenan is just watching this whole thing unfold. He just says, "What a great thing for television."
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And back to Summerslam. If you want any, some bad Summerslam, there's plenty of that too. Pretty much all '95 Summerslam minus um, Michaels and Razor Ramon, particularly the main event with Diesel and King Mabel where he ends on an elbow drop. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> and that's um, when the Philadelphia crowd starts turning a little bit on Vince McMahon.
1: A little. <laughs> he's lucky he made it out alive.
0: That's true. That's true. Oh, such a, such a bad, awesome match. But it's part of my childhood, so it'll still always hold a plus, special place in my heart because when they were pushing Diesel, I was like, okay, he's the next Hulk Hogan. I'll like him. That was kind of my
1: thought process.
0: <laughs> Guys, follow KB KB Reviews and Reviews dot com. Thanks, KB.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you.